This year, we're featuring some of our most valuable episodes, bringing back popular and helpful topics for all people with type 1 diabetes, but also for those who are newly diagnosed. Please enjoy this MVP episode. So the honeymoon period. First of all, what is it? Well, the honeymoon period is the term used to describe the time after diagnosis, where the pancreas still produces some insulin so that the supplemental doses from injections or a pump are minimal. It can sometimes seem like the diabetes goes into remission or disappears altogether, but unfortunately, that's not the case. During this time, the immune system is still attacking the islet cells in the pancreas, and over time, the pancreas stops producing insulin. That's when the honeymoon period ends. During the honeymoon period, a person with diabetes may experience normal or near-normal blood sugar readings while taking no to minimal insulin. Normal blood sugars for people with diabetes are after fasting, 80 to maybe 130, and one to two hours after meals is less than 180. And the honeymoon period also looks different for every diabetic. There are some campers at Panther Camp who barely need any insulin at all to supplement what their pancreas is still producing. It also affects insulin sensitivity, which means that after the honeymoon period ends, the diabetic will have to adjust all their ratios and their doses, and that can be kind of a chore. Based on personal experience, the honeymoon period will affect different people differently, just like everything else in the world. For instance, like Colleen mentioned at camp, I had one camper in the younger group who we had to watch really closely because if we gave any insulin whatsoever for her lunch, and then we went swimming afterwards, her blood sugars would plummet. So for like three or four days, she didn't have any insulin with her lunch. And she had a pretty hefty lunch too, like sandwich, lots of fruit, you know, all the good stuff that camp provides for us. And like then tater tots. Yeah. Oh God, tater, tots. <laughs> tater tots are the main of our camp existence as counselors. It, it, I think it's like three days we have tater tots and we always have to like count out how many tater tots each camper gets. And Unless you're in the boy groups and then they just take canfuls and handfuls of tater tots. And then when you ask them how many they had, they're like, oh, <laughs> Uh, uh, that sounds like my brother. <laughs> Anyways, comparing her to another girl we had, we had to watch really closely because her blood sugars would go screaming high in the mornings because her honeymoon period was a lot less than the, the other camper. And they had been diagnosed within a week of each other. It was a fun experience to have and to see how it worked for different people. But for me, it was an increase in insulin sensitivity. And the best way that I can describe the honeymoon period is like a sputtering engine when it doesn't have any gas in it. It'll work, it'll work, it'll stop, it'll work, it'll stop, 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 and it'll kind of work until it just dies. That's a pretty good analogy. Our poor pancreases. So who gets the honeymoon period? Well, like we just mentioned, it depends on the person's state at diagnosis. When someone is in full-blown DKA, which is diabetic ketoacidosis, it's unlikely that their pancreas is still producing any insulin, and so the chances of a honeymoon period are a lot lower. However, many diabetics diagnosed in adulthood will experience the honeymoon period, and they'll likely experience it for a lot longer than those who are children at diagnosis. I just wanted to mention the honeymoon periods for people who had just been diagnosed. Yeah. Just to clarify, just, just to state it out there. So it's... Within like a week, you notice that your blood sugars are different than what they were at diagnosis. You mean the end of the honeymoon period? Yes. So your blood sugars will be very high at diagnosis. 
Right. But they'll probably be a lot lower than what you're expecting them when you first found out you were diabetic. And then from there, it just goes up. So it's like a, a roller coaster where that you're diagnosed at the peak and then you kind of dip. And then once the honeymoon period ends, you go up again. Yes. Okay. That's a, another good visual. <laughs> so how long does the honeymoon period last? Well, anywhere from a few weeks to months to a year or more. Adults can experience several years of the honeymoon period. We talked with Alex Vickers in one of our earlier interview episodes, and I think her honeymoon period lasted somewhere around a year, maybe more. I'll have to double check with her. Childhood diagnoses can have very short honeymoon periods or none at all. I was diagnosed at age two and my blood sugar was 544 MGDL. So I'm not sure if I ever had a honeymoon period. Doctors say that honeymoon period happens after diagnosis, so it's possible that my pancreas had stopped producing any insulin at all by the time I went to the hospital. It's important to note that continuing to take insulin during the honeymoon period, even in small amounts, can actually extend it. It can preserve the remaining insulin-producing cells for a while longer. However, they still need to monitor for levels that are outside the target range. Some doctors try to extend that honeymoon period as long as possible since the blood sugars can be healthy. And when blood sugars are within the healthy range, there is less chance that they'll lead to damage in other parts of the body. And those are the complications we talked about in an earlier episode. We've also talked about this a lot, but following a low-carb food protocol means that your body isn't spending a lot of energy and insulin on the wild swings in blood sugar that come from eating carbs. When you're in the honeymoon phase, making sure that your diet is low in carbs would also ease the stress on the pancreas's remaining islet cells and possibly extend the honeymoon phase even more. For me, the honeymoon period lasted for a while, a good couple of months. I can't give an exact time because when we finally gave up on the honeymoon period, it was at the end of summer. So I can't give an exact like week or like month when it finally was over just due to the warm weather and how the summer affects my blood sugars. Although being low carb is very good and beneficial for your body, I think it's appropriate to ease yourself into being low carb and accepting the fact that you're now diabetic. It's okay to give yourself an emotional adjustment period. And being recently diagnosed is a big shock and it can be really overwhelming, not just for you, but also for those around you. It's good to take the emotional healing slow and make sure that the person that is diabetic in your life should be comfortable with their new lifestyle before making any more major life choices like low carb. All right, so why does the honeymoon period ever end? Well, it ends because the immune system has attacked the pancreas to the point that it no longer produces any insulin. You can't have another honeymoon period after the first one ends because there are no more insulin-producing cells in the pancreas for the immune system to attack. Here's the outlook summary from Medical News Today. For now, the honeymoon period in type 1 diabetes is only temporary. In time, the remaining insulin-producing cells will die, and a person will need to depend on insulin treatments. And as yet, there is no cure for type 1 diabetes. However, according to the National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Diseases, ongoing studies are actively looking at ways to identify type 1 diabetes early and prevent it from starting, preserve the function of the pancreas, improve monitoring, transplantation, and other techniques, delay the progression of the disease, and prevent or reverse complications. One option they are considering is how to preserve beta cell function in the pancreas, for example, by restoring normal immune function. If scientists can do this, one day there might be a never-ending honeymoon period for people with type 1 diabetes. And I think that would be pretty cool. So what are our honeymoon period stories? Well, we kind of touched on them a little bit. And like I mentioned before, I don't think I ever had a honeymoon period at all. 
because I don't really know for sure. And like I said, my, my number at diagnosis was 544, which is pretty high. And that makes me think that I did not have one, but I'll have to, again, check with my mom. I also asked this question in a Facebook group for type 1 diabetics, and we got a few responses. Someone never had a honeymoon phase. She was in full DKA at diagnosis. Another responder had her honeymoon period for about a year, and then she said it was a, a bad word show, crap show, <laughs> ever since. Another one is actually really interested in hearing people's stories because she's currently in the honeymoon phase, and she's interested in finding out what it will look like when that honeymoon phase ends. And another interesting story was someone went from a negative three contact prescription to 20-20 vision in about a month. She said it was too good to last. <laughs> Because diabetes can affect your vision, and that is one of the, the symptoms of having diabetes in the beginning is if your, your vision changes very rapidly, that's, a, that's an indicator. Jesse, what's your honeymoon phase story? So I got a couple of good ones. For me, the honeymoon period, I didn't understand so much what was going on, but I definitely remember a lot of the emotional content of the honeymoon period and being so newly diagnosed. So as I said earlier, my honeymoon period lasted a solid couple of months. So we are left to believe that it ended at the end of summer. But I do have a very vivid experience of what my honeymoon period was like, just to give a little overall summary. So it was about a month after I started my new life as a diabetic, and my mom finally decided to take me out of the house and go to a movie with my brother. It was like the dolphin movie where they rescue the dolphin and then it gets sent to an animal rehabilitation center and then there's a big storm and I don't know why I remember the movie so much it's just very vivid was that flipper yes <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only dolphin movie I know you know it like it was 2011 it was they just came out with a, like a sequel to it not too long ago yeah it's like the tail the dolphin's tail is like cut off and like they had to figure out how to like Aww. make a new tail for it. I was, yeah, it was a long time ago. Anyways, at the time I was only on shots and finger pokes. I didn't have a pump or a sensor or a continuous glucose monitor or one of those quick test blood sugar things that go on your arm and you test your blood sugar with just scanning it over your phone. So I really didn't know what being low really meant to me and how it felt to me. So about in the middle of the movie, at the very climactic point where there's this big storm going on and everybody's in danger and, you know, it's all dramatic and everything, I felt weird. And I remember telling my mom, hey, I don't feel so good. Can we test my butcher? And we went outside of the movie theater. We sat me down on the bench right outside and we tested my butcher. And I remember looking down at the screen and thinking, oh, wow, that's not good. My butcher was about 40. And I, that was the first time I ever went low. And I can't give an exact number of what the 40 was. I think it was 44 or 45, but I remember it being the 40s. And my mom was very panicked at the time. So I, I didn't panic, but I very much tensed up. And I knew that she knew what she was doing, mostly. So she gave me fruit snacks, a juice box, and... Eventually, she even got me a corn dog from the food court because my blood sugar wasn't going up that fast. And we thought, oh, more carbs, that'll be good. You know, this, that, and the other thing. But it had fat content in it. So I think that kind of slowed the process down just slightly. But, you know, it 
freaked me out a little bit, but I also knew that I was going to be just fine. So I'm not, I didn't panic, panic, but I, I did understand the seriousness of the situation. All right. So our question for the audience is, did you have a honeymoon period? When were you diagnosed? And how long did your honeymoon period last for? Do you have any fun or different experiences with it? Please let us know in the comments. That is it for this episode of This is Type 1. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.